Pigweed here. Today we review an Imperial Stout and discuss bail reform. Hello and welcome to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill. Good evening, Crow Hill. Good evening, Pigweed. So, what's on your mind? Well, you just had your birthday and, mm. uh, and my birthday's coming up. Okay. And and I I was hoping that you would you would come by my house for my birthday. Okay. And uh but but I want to make sure you're going to be there. Okay. Okay. So, do you have your wallet on you? Yeah. I was, I, I was thinking like if you gave me 100 bucks and then if you show up I'll give you the 100 bucks back. Just to just to be certain. To be certain that you're going to be there cuz it's really important to me. Uh, well, that's really important to you. I might you know, just trust me. My word is not good enough for you. Well, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> there are systems like that work like that. There are some systems that work like that. <laughs> uh, let's work on this. Yes. What do we got? We've got Imperialis. This is uh, from Avery Brewing Company in Boulder, Colorado, and mm-hmm. I. I kind of undersold it when I said an imperial stout. What I did not mention was that it's a barrel-aged imperial stout in a variety of bourbon barrels. Okay. And it's coming in at a, a sweet 12.7%. Ooh, my goodness. Okay. And now what I, what I want to look for when we, when we taste this yeah. is, you see my wine beer cellar over here. Right. Yeah. Four whole beers are the kinds of beers that benefit from being cellared, from right. being we just, aged. We just recently did a show where we talked about beers that you should drink fresh. Yes. And this is the opposite. This is the opposite. And I had one, gosh, that 120 I had last year, I bought it fresh, and it it was awful. Mm-hmm. Really. I just was like, this just this, thing, this thing just needs a, a year to even think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is looks like, from the label, the kind of thing you would cellar. Yeah. But is it enjoyable well, fresh? Well, let's, let's find out. Let's and find by out. Fr- by fresh, it actually means six months, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's got the bottle date on here. It says April 25th. Okay. So it's not just no, straight off straight off, straight the off a keg or anything. Yeah. But let's see if there's any extra extra heat on there that would benefit from some mellowing. Wow. Lovely aroma. That molasses dark kind of aroma. And, I, I boy, I can mm. hardly taste mm. the 12%. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't feel as hot as yeah. I expected. And I uh, left it out for about 20 minutes, mm-hmm. which you, you, you want it to get... I don't you don't, know, want, it, you don't it? want it to be freezing cold for 50, one of these guys. right? Yeah. Yeah. 50, for one of these big, big, strong beers, you don't, you don't need it to be... I've had, some, I've had too many of these beers where I'll get halfway through the beer and I realize how much better it is now. Mm-hmm. Thinking I just wasted the first half of that beer. I should have left it, let it sit on the counter yeah. for twenty minutes because that's when all the character comes out. So this one, this one is very good, but I, I do think that it's probably going to be better next year. Yeah, There's still a little bit of rough edges on some of those dark flavors. Yeah, I'm getting that right there, at the, right there at the back end. Uh, there's there's a sort of a. A, a, a dark chocolate bitterness, yeah. That it's a little could, sharp. That, that could smooth out, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's it's it's delicious, yes, and certainly fine at six months. But I'll uh, I'll have it my next birthday. I'll keep it. I got two of them that I will 
All right. Safe till next year. Good. And and for the listeners, if you're worried about us, we're we're sharing one. Yes, we are. Twelve percent beer, and not both drinking a twelve, but uh, it might later. Yeah, I said I do have more. Yeah, wonderful. All right, so. So what's be, your analogy about? Yeah, so right? obviously I don't want to take a hundred dollars from you, but the, uh, the the that's what bail is supposed to be, right? Right. You go, you get arrested, and you're innocent until proven guilty, right? So if they're not going to be able to have a trial for a month or so, you know they can't. Right, they can, but they really shouldn't be just holding you in jail all that time. But they want to make sure that you're going to show up for your court appearance. Right. So they say, you know, give us some surety that you're going to show up. And you pay the bail, and you get out, and then you have to show up. If if you show up, they give you the money back. Right, right. That's that's the idea. And but, you, right, and but if you if you don't have the money, yeah. Then what can you? What what are your what are your options? Well, back in the old days, your options were friends and relatives could bail you out. Nowadays, you have these bail bondsmen, and what that that's a complete racket because let's say <laughs> right, so this is five thousand. Right. Apparently, the the average, the median bail today is ten thousand. Okay, but, ten thousand. Okay, so here's your you're some regular guy, and you get arrested, and you're they give you a ten thousand dollar bail. You don't have ten thousand dollar bail, mm-hmm. but the uh, bail bondsman will say, "Tell you what, you give me a thousand, and I'll pay your bail," but you don't get that thousand back. No, you don't. So that's that's the the that's racket the, that's of the, the whole that's, of the whole bail like, bondsman thing. It seems like that's just a shady bunch of people it, it that are in, that are involved in yes. that. I mean, sort of like semi mob connected types. I know it, it does not I seem get. like a good sort of because to the be thing in. is, you have to be a bit of a badass. Yes, right? because if what happens if you don't show up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you, now, right? The bail bondsman bail bondsman got to make out, sure that he's out nine thousand dollars, right? Uh, and he's not happy about that, right? So he's going to come break your legs or something, or he's going to make right. sure that you show up. Or I don't know what exactly they do. I don't know what that business is. But right, but isn't like a, a dog the bounty? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. isn't right? Isn't isn't he going after people who? That's the kind of thing. People who skip bail. Who right. skip yeah. bail. Right. So the th- this whole scheme is messed up because bail has become way more expensive than it needs to be. Because the whole purpose of the bail is just you give some money that you enough. Enough to incentivize you to come back, right? It, but they've yeah. they've raised it to such a point. You think of some some fellow in Baltimore who gets arrested for whatever. You think he's got ten thousand dollars sitting in his bank account that he can pay bail? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's faced with, I'm going to lose my job. I'm not going to be able to see my family for. A I month. mean, but it, but but let's just say between friends and relatives, you can come up with the ten. You get the whole ten back once you show up. For yes. Jail. Yes. Okay. If I mean, you for, pay for the court. whole amount. If you pay the whole amount. Right. But realize that's the median. It can, it can be worse than that. It can right. be 50,000 or 100,000. Right. That's why. So, well, or, or, but you can, um, put your house up. That kind of, I mean, if you're a person that has property. Maybe. Right. I, I don't know. Uh, Cause I think you have to pay cash. So you'd have yeah, to, you'd have to get like a home, a loan on your house or something. A loan on your house and then go then take the money back and pay off that loan right. or whatever. And yeah. that's, that's, that's not going to happen between today and tomorrow morning. Exactly. And who, who wants to do that? You know, yeah. but I think, I think a prob, a part of the problem with the current bail system is that the amount of bail is just too much. Now, there are a lot of people who want to eliminate cash bail and I think that's going too far. I mean, and we have, we, yes, there's been a, 
a recent push and hold on but people who people who don't get offered any bail at all mm-hmm. is based on what there is there the danger to society yeah. or or their flight risk both right yeah if they're considered but if you've not be- been, if you've not been convicted of anything why are you why are you so dangerous why do you think I'm dangerous well right. I was co- you were covered in blood but <laughs> I wasn't convicted of anything so uh, I know it's a hard it's a hard line to, uh, uh, to why is draw the, there. right why, why are you denied bail but uh, well apparently that's that's held up in in court over the years uh-huh. that if if somebody's arrested you know they 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 come in and you're covered in blood <laughs> and you've got a gun in your hand <laughs> and the three you still got the hammer <laughs> right yeah then then this probably reasonable cause to say you're you're a dangerous guy and we're going to we're going to hold you for And a so bit. the threshold but the threshold of we're concerned that you're going to re that you're going to commit more crimes between now and the time of your trial uh has been lowered to the point that in uh, some uh, places that, yeah that you know, yeah that New York City and all of these other bail reform places are seeing this rise in crime by people who are are out on bail or out on not bail Awaiting wasn't, there, trial. wasn't there a congressman or somebody who was stabbed or somebody tried to stab him, but came up, he's, he's out doing a speech and somebody comes up with a yeah, knife. Yeah, it was Lee Zeldin. Yeah, yeah, Lee Zeldin. And he, and fortunately they tackle him and he doesn't, nobody gets hurt. He's out on bail, I mean, out on no bail. Yeah, out on no bail. Two days later. I know, right? What do you got to do in this town? Uh, I know. You have to try to murder a political candidate and still you're out two <laughs> you're days out later. Two days later. That's just crazy. So, I don't like the current bail system because I think. It, oh yeah, yeah. Let's finish up with that before we talk about the consequences of the no bail system. Yeah, I don't like the current bail system because some innocent guy, you know, we we like to say innocent until proven guilty. But some people really are innocent and they didn't commit the crime, and and they go to jail. They can't afford bail. They lose their job, maybe their families. Yeah. And then what happens is, in order to get out. They plead to some lower thing, even though they're not guilty at all. Yeah. So that that's just that's a racket. And what's happening is the bail bondsman makes money, and the court makes money, and you know they get more prosecutions. And all that. but but the innocent guy who's caught up caught up in this, especially the poor people, like when you're talking about people in downtown Baltimore and that kind of thing, that's just wrong. So I, there has to be there has to be something between. The current system, which I agree is broken, it's too strict and it's too hard. I don't like the current system, but the idea of just letting people out with nothing—that's that's crazy too. <laughs> yeah. There There's has to be something between there. There was one in New York where the, a guy robbed banks two days in a row and got caught both times. Like, well, how, how does that happen? Well, he didn't actually have a gun. He mm-hmm. just had a note threatening that he had a gun. And since he didn't have a gun, the new rules are: if you don't have a gun, <laughs> that's not actually a, a threat. Like and, and even to the point where in, in New York, well, he didn't he didn't fire the gun. <laughs> All right, so the brandishing of a gun isn't yeah. enough to keep a person out. So yeah, so the guy came in with a note, robbed a bank, got caught, was out the next day, and robbed another bank. There are there are just too many stories of people being let out and then just repeatedly offending. Yeah, and they have they have ten cases and they're still getting let out every time. That's just crazy. So obviously. People who are repeat offenders, you have to draw, you have to make a distinction between here's some guy, he's never been in trouble before, and you you bring him in, make a distinction between that guy and the guy. Yeah, okay, there's Fred again. We've seen him. So, uh, what are the limits 
what are the judges, the limits on judicial uh, discretion? Yeah. Right? So I understand that, 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 that judges don't like things like, you know, mandatory sentencing, right? Like, man, if you use a gun in a crime, it's mandatory 10 years. They're like, well, what does a judge, what, why do you even have a judge? Yeah. Uh, but the other thing is, then it keeps judges from keep from giving people second, second third, and 16th chances. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know exactly what all the rules are. I know that there's, I, I was involved, not me personally, but somebody I know was involved in this case, and the judge had very wide latitude in setting the bail. Okay, yeah. And um, so I don't, I don't know. There, there <laughs> which, probably, can, which, right, which, which also goes both ways, yeah. right? You're like, yeah. Well, On the one hand, you want the judge to be able to be a judge and to say, Okay, in this case, that's appropriate. Right, because you can't write a law for every circumstance, exactly. for every person. But right. so, the, so you judge judges, and they're like, "All right, given the circumstances, mm-hmm. given the background, given the family, the kid, the job, whatever, uh, we don't think he's a flight risk. He doesn't seem to be a habitual." But, and then, uh, and then, then the guy gets arrested, and, and uh, like, well, he's been arrested thirty-seven times in the last nine years. Like, yeah. oh, oh, ah, ah. so if you've been arrested thirty-seven times. It's not like you're such a bad criminal that you've only committed 37 crimes. Yeah. You've, you've, <laughs> probably, you've probably committed 300 crimes. Exactly. You, only got, you only got arrested that's for 37 only, of them. That's the only way you can rack up those numbers. You can't. Nobody's that bad a criminal. Right. Uh, so, and then people are like, he shouldn't have been out on the streets anyway. Like, yeah, I yeah. know. What, right. What's with this, with this system? And then, then... On the, then on the flip side, they go, why are there so many people in jail? Over-incarceration is the biggest problem. We didn't, wait a minute. Oh, I see. You mean we only need to lock up the dangerous people who are going to commit crimes again, and then the people who are not going to commit crimes in the future? Yeah, we minority report. Right? <laughs> yeah. we, we need precogs. We need the precogs to tell us who's. They said no. They're they're the person is safe to be uh, to be let out. So yeah. uh, so uh, here's the, since 2000, the average number of people convicted of a crime has remained steady, but the number of people in prison has shot up. Dramatically, bail reform people claim that pre-trial detention is the main driver of that growth. Um, but I, I oh, wonder how, if it, how, does that, how, how does that work? Right, right that so there's there's the same number of people convicted of a crime right. is about the same. Yeah, but we still have way more people in jail. So why are all these people in oh, jail if they're not convicted of a crime? So they. Pre-trial detention is one way somebody can be in jail without having convicted, having <laughs> yeah, convicted yeah. of a crime. So you sit there for. I'm familiar with a, a young man who was com, was not was not convicted was was charged mm-hmm. with a serious crime. But when I say young man, I mean he doesn't have any money. He's living at home with mom and dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, where, 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 where is he going to go? And the serious crime wasn't a violent crime. It was privy to a violent crime. So. Yeah. The, so and was given no bail. Hmm. Spent ten months in jail. Ten months? Yes. And Holy then moly. they said, uh, yeah, we don't really have enough to go forward with this case and dropped it. Wow. Now, see, that's just wrong. Right. He yeah. couldn't have just gone home and back to his, right. uh, his $8 an hour job and right. yes. showed up for... There, there's, but I, I, I guess... It, I guess all, but think about this. They... We're looking for him to turn on somebody else. Yeah, right. So there's, there's so always it was a that. matter of putting a squeeze on the guy. Yeah. There's all that kind that's, of stuff. That, all this see, prosecutor that's... stuff going on, and, and 
pressuring people. And I don't like all that. One thing I, I'm not a huge fan of um, Democrat appointed justices, but one thing I like about the fact that Katanji Jackson Brown, is that her name, is on yeah. the Supreme Court, is she used to be a public defender. Right. And I think that's going to bring a different perspective to the way they look at cases on the Supreme Court. Because most of the time, the people who end up being on the Supreme Court were prosecutors. Well, I'd right. like to, I'd like to see the other side represented. The people who are, the people who are representing the people who are, and I think if, if I was governor or something, I would want to call in all the, all the public defenders and say, you know, what's wrong? What's, what's not fair in the way the system is currently operating? And ask them, you know, tell me about some cases where somebody who was, was really railroaded and things didn't go right and reform things that way, not just have AOC and some other bunch of weirdos sit down and, you know, come up with their harebrained scheme and de, for right, fixing and de, things. Decriminalizing crime and saying, right. yeah, yeah, no, those things aren't crimes anymore. Yeah, uh, that, that's ridiculous. Now, you, you need to bring together, you know, the police and the public defenders and the prosecutors and, like, have it out and say, okay, wh- where is the system broken now and how can we, how can we fix it? Instead of, you know, just some, some lunatic saying, oh, everybody should be able to go free. It's clearly not working. Because we see that daily the, in the news. The, the spike in crime yeah. is directly related to this terrible... All the defund police and, and all the demoralization of the police and everything that's been going on for the last couple of years. But also in the, in the, the not keeping people in jail who should be in jail. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill, where you'll find lighthearted chats and deep dives. We hope you enjoy our beer reviews and banter. After which we cover everything from Tolstoy to Thomas Sowell. From God to the Green New Deal. From UFOs to UBI. From Ted Cruz to time travel. From home brewing to homeschooling. From transcendentalism to trans madness. You can reach us with your question or comment at pigweedshow at gmail.com. Well, there's, no, there's two things going on at the same time. There's the there's the no bail thing, which yeah. is just letting people out for for attacking a politician with a knife, and uh, there's just defining down deviancy, just going, um, you know what, shooting up drugs in public isn't a crime, right. defecating in the front door of a restaurant, people <laughs> dining, no, that's that just deciding that things aren't crimes. And uh, nine the the limit now is nine hundred dollars in shoplifting. Yeah. Before you're you ever been on K Street in DC? Right. Yeah. So in K, on K Street they have everything's concrete, right? But they have these little little uh, boxes where they have a tree and there's yeah. you know a few plants planted, and they're maybe like three feet by eight feet, and they're spread out you know along the sidewalk. I'm walking down K Street one day, and this guy walks up. Pulls down his pants and takes a dump right there in the, in the little flower bed. Uh, right in the little flower bed <laughs> while everybody's walking by. Right. Yeah. Now, hopefully that's that's a crime. Um, <laughs> I would hope uh, so. So let's just say it, it, it's on the books. It's a crime. This is what we're getting a lot of the, the George Soros types. Is mm-hmm. Yes, it's yes, it's on the books as a crime. We're just not going to prosecute it. Yeah. So, but would a so would a policeman say, "Well, I know they're not going to prosecute it, but at least I get this guy off the street and make him spend a day 
getting sober. And get out of, yeah, yeah, out of people's way, and, and uh, you know, yeah, right. Maybe you're maybe sober up or whatever. Do they say to themselves, "Well, we're not going to get a prosecution out of this. Why bother arresting him? Yeah. Or let's just arrest him anyway, even though he's not going to actually be serve any time. Or is his four hours of paperwork enough of a punishment? Not worth yeah. it, no, no, not worth it to, for him oh, to say." I'm going to arrest this guy knowing he's not going to get prosecuted just to get him off the street, and then I just lost half a day. It's got to be demoralizing. It's got to be demoralizing if you're a cop and you're going out there and you're trying to keep people safe and you're finding people who are breaking the law and you arrest them and you bring them in and then the next day you see them out there again, yeah. you know, doing the same thing, crapping the flower, flower bed. Yeah, so it's got it's got to be horrible for the for the cop to be in that kind of situation, and I think we've done so much to demoralize the police in the last couple of years. That's why you're seeing. The crime surge is because the police are like, you know, why should I put my neck on the line in this situation where the, the governor's not going to have my back, the prosecutor's not going to support me, I'm going to be demoralized in the media, I'm going to, you know, the media's going to tear me apart. Well, why? Why, why are, why are county councils and prosecutors going, you know, yeah, quality of life crimes, you're, you know, defecating in public, graffiti, that kind of stuff, public, uh, public camping, we need to permit all of that. Yeah, right. Well, who, then, oh, so, who are you representing here? Are right. you representing the the worst elements, not the taxpayers? And then what do you, what what do you is got? it any is it any surprise, is it any surprise? That, that now you have uh, homeless encampments and you know needles all over the place? You know, sometimes, the, well, I mean, the homeless is a much more complicated situation because yeah. then you're dealing with mental illness and other kinds of but things. But the problem but, is, you're, you're a, a, a lot of them. Are San Francisco and Los Angeles are not addressing it in, in in terms of those things. They're like going, housing is the problem. Mm. It's a housing first solution. It's yeah. like no, 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 no. These people are are not worried about not being able to, coming up with thirty thousand dollars to put down on an on an affordable home. Right. That's not. This is not the problem here. Yeah. And also, if you were to go down, I mean, so I used to work in downtown DC, and at one point I was working right next to Union Station, and there were. Homeless encampments under all the bridges. And you went out to get your lunch and you had to like pick your way through the, the homeless tents to go, uh, get your hot dog. Right. And the, if you were to take all those people, let's say you built little homes for them <laughs> and we took some couple of acres of land around Union Station and we built a bunch of little tiny houses. Yeah, you, you, you know, took right? some, uh, the, uh, those, those storage containers. Yeah. And converted them into homes. And a little one. And then just said, here you go. Here's a place for you to live. How long do you think it would be before they'd be full of poop and needles and beer bottles and whiskey well, I mean, bottles? Because you, because you make no other requirement of them. Which exactly. is basically what you do to an animal. Yes. The idea, this is the, the, the twisted liberal view of compassion, is free stuff. Yeah. No. Dignity comes from work. Yes. Dignity comes from asking something. Having of some somebody. responsibility. Yes. Yeah. And no, you're you're just being mean. Republicans are mean asking people to do stuff. You, if you have love in your heart, you give people stuff. <laughs> right. No, you, you you you're killing them. Yes. You give them you give them needles. You give them instruct. I like this one in New York. They had these instruction manuals on how not to die from an overdose. Yeah. Do drugs with a buddy. Now check your drugs. At no point does it say not don't use drugs. Can, you, can we start <laughs> That's there? Unrealistic. Huh? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, right. Stupid solution. It is stupid. 
So the, the other thing about this pretrial detention thing and the problem with bail is that I'm paying for all these people to be held in prison for all this time. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you're the person you were talking about before who was held there for 10 months. Yeah. My taxes are holding that guy for 10 months right. until he finally gets off because he wasn't, wasn't guilty. You know, that's not right either. So there's another side to it. It's just the waste of public resources tying up prison beds and all the other things that are that are going into that. But again, back to back to giving the judges the, the leeway versus a prosecutor saying or that you know saying no bail where a ju- where I guess in these cases judges don't have leeway, right? Mm-hmm. They've already decided. See these 10 crimes here? Right. These things you can't do. You cannot this, right. ask for, for, for bail. Yeah. So that's, I think that's where the, 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 the problem is. On the reverse side, sometimes you have it on the conviction side, like use of a, use of a weapon in this kind of thing is mandatory 10 years. And then the judge has no leeway, but that's on the harsh end. Now you've got it on the lenient end going, the judge is going, I don't really think we should let this person out, but the guidelines are already. Yeah. Uh, you have to, and what do you get? This, uh, this quality of life problem in our, in our major cities and the danger. Yeah. So I guess so that, that's another question is what, how, what's been the consequence of all these so-called reforms? Yeah, I've seen it It's everywhere. been the crime shooting through the roof. And, or, and uh, people with means moving out of your cities. Right. Is that how, is that how you want this is to go? Is that what you want? All the people who are paying taxes yeah, are, are going right. to leave. Yeah, yeah, the businesses and the people with money are going to leave, and then what are you going to do? You, you because to, you know you you know you can't if you can't call the cops, you can't run a, you can't run a business if the cops aren't going to enforce theft and shoplifting. Yeah, so let me let me bring up a uh, controversial topic here. What a surprise! The um, what about what's the role of equity in these? Like you have you're a judge. And you have all these people coming into your court. Yes. And it's your responsibility to, you know, do justice for all these people. Yeah. But you also know that um, you're going to be judged later on. Some, the, somebody's the judge looking, will be judged? Yeah. The, somebody's going to be looking at your record yeah. and saying, how come the, you know, these, these kinds of defendants got six months and these kind of defendants got three and these people got $10,000 bail and these people got $5,000 bail, right? And you know, you're going to be judged that way. And you also know, because you're a realistic person and you live in the real world that I'm sorry, it just kind of works out that way that there isn't even distribution of criminality in in my neighborhood. Here we go. So so now you get you get somebody who's not one hundred percent. Go ahead. Yeah. So let's say you're in um you're in a city and you happen to know that the Irish are the ones committing all the crimes and the Germans are the ones not committing all the crimes. And then all of a sudden you're being judged. Why are you judging the Irish so harshly? Why why are there more Irishmen in jail than Germans? And then the German comes in. And you think, oh, good. Thank God. Here's my chance to turn to, uh, so you're, now you're gonna, you're gonna find him more. You're gonna put him in jail longer to make sure that your stats look better. Yes, because you're trying to run the numbers, yes. get the numbers right. I mean, how can you not believe that that happens? No, it's 100%. So the whole CRT, Ibram X. Kendi, yeah. 
is built on uh, where there's where, when I see racial disparity, I see racism. Right. Right. So I guess I guess when you if the number of uh, astronomy PhDs is skewed in one racial direction, yeah, uh, I see racism. Yeah, and so except that they don't do that for real because they don't like to apply that to right. running backs in the NFL. No, 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 it doesn't have to do with entertainment or sports or, right. or anything in, in any positive way. Yeah, if it's a negative way, so when you see disproportionate numbers of black men in jail, you have to, according to you know this viewpoint, mm-hmm. see racism. Yeah. Well, what what what's the what's the, what's the, how do you how do you address the problem? Uh, you, do, you, do you can you give can you just start handing out PhDs in astronomy? That's a good idea. <laughs> just to unqualified just, people. Yeah, let's well, just, yeah, that's one way to do yeah. it. In terms, but in terms of crime, um, you have to get the to get the numbers right. Yeah, you just have to stop arresting people. Yeah, yeah and that's what they're trying and to this do. Is what, because this is what because equity is more important than justice. Equity is more important than reality. It's more right. important than protecting the culture. It's it's like this religious thing. They're they're gonna try to have everything be equal. Only everybody has to be the same the same number of criminals in every group, no matter yeah. how you divide it. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. nonsense. It you can't is nonsense. Yeah. You, you think there are no other factors involved? Right. No, there are no other factors. So yes, yeah, so the young man that I referred to earlier was white, spent ten months. And Joe was given no opportunity. Here, 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 the show is about get basically people wanting to bail reform, as in getting rid of this bail reform. Yeah, this kid could not get bail, and I can't help but think that uh, a, a white guy in a population that's eighty-five percent black is part of t- trying to skew the numbers a little bit. Yeah, could be, could be. So w- obviously, there, there's a lot to be fixed. I mean, so let's think about. What would reform look like? So you'd have to distinguish major crimes versus minor crimes, right? You'd have to distinguish violent versus nonviolent, repeat offenders versus first-timers, those kind of things, right? Do any of these... Uh, aren't these things hard? Aren't they obvious? It takes me three seconds to come up with that. Aren't these things so basic that everybody's already thought of this? You would think so. And And yet we have the situation that we're in. I know. Yes. Just people who clearly should be in jail. Yeah. Uh, running around committing crimes until they commit a very, very serious crime, which is that so they're going, well, you know, the broken windows thing didn't work. Says uh, who? Well, Says who? well this ask, is the part people, of- ask the people who were, who lived in David Dinkins, New York, and people who lived in Rudy Giuliano's New York. Oh, yes. it didn't work? Yeah. And th- this well, is what part of my problem. What they're saying, what it didn't work is we ended up with too many, uh, young black men in jail. Yeah. That's the bad, that, that was, well, I don't know what to tell you. This this is part of my problem with any kind of political discussion these days, is I feel like we're living in two different worlds with two different realities and two different sets of facts and, and everything else. Like, somebody will come along and say the broken windows policy didn't work. And somebody else will come along and say the broken windows policy was genius and so it stopped. Well, how do I know? Uh, yeah. You know, you have you have people who will be absolutely convinced the broken windows policy didn't work because blah, blah, and they have their reasons. And you have the other people who say, no, that was exactly how Rudy Giuliani cleaned up, cleaned New, York. up New York and got rid of all the crime. So it's, it's like, 
we're living in two different universes with different different facts and different everything. And how do you deal with that? I don't I don't know how you get past that. Because I don't have time to spend 300 hours to research this and figure out, you know, which is the right answer. Yeah. Uh, all, all I can do is I can say, look, some things are obviously corrupt and crooked and stupid. And some things that have been tried are obviously, uh, obviously not working. So what do you do next? Yeah. But like you said, <laughs> you came up within three seconds, uh, Factor in these things to yeah. determine who gets bail and who doesn't, rather than I think what you're, what you, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's an equity issue, and they're going, no, we're in, we, we have uh, the 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 racial imbalance in prison is bad, so we're going to take bad people and dump them on the streets just to make so sure that we don't the have numbers. The, so we don't have the bad numbers, yeah. and to 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 what end? Right. To making cities unlivable. Right. Good job. Yeah. All right. So that's bail reform. That's bail reform. I, we, yeah. I have all kinds of things down here about reimagining policing, emptying prisons, uh, defining down deviancy, gun control measures. I guess that's stuff to live for Some another the, day. <laughs> okay. All right. So do we have a man of the week? Do we? We do. Okay. So uh, the Republicans, the state Republicans, flex their muscles in taking on woke firms. So what's going on here is Republican state treasurers. Oh, hold on. Let's let's redefine ESG. We did it. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. Long yeah. Ago. So ESG, environment, social governance issues, yes. and the idea is that you rank companies based on their ESG rating. You say, um, yeah. If if you're if you're fighting global warming, all, all this if, you're, if, you're, if you're if you're in, if if you're investing in. Uh, Refineries. Yes. You're bad. You're bad. Right? And we're not going to find And if you have a woman you. on your board, you're good. Yes. 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 So these, these handful of mega investment firms mm -hmm. can now dictate the internal policies of the companies yeah. that they will, that they're willing to invest in. And here's the right? scary part. It's like the vast majority of money is being controlled by like three or four yeah. different investments. Yeah. Blackrock Black Rock and a couple, and a couple of, of, yeah, a couple others and they control everything. So once those few companies get taken over with this woke ESG BS stuff, right. then, then now that gets pushed down so that if you want to be anybody, you better follow these policies. Okay. Well, but, if I, but if I, but if, if I have my pension mm -hmm. in a fund, I'm relying on this pension to, to this fund to work as hard as it can to make you money, to make me money so that I can retire one exactly. day. So they have and a instead fiduciary. They, they, they have, yes, yes. The responsibility. they have a fiduciary responsibility to you to make money. But they're saying no, 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 no. Decided what's real what's more important is to save the world and save the universe, and you know, make sure. And that we'll decide how that's going to work. Yeah, okay. right. So, so a lot of Republican state treasurers are pushing back against this by saying, "We're not going to allow you to do this. We're not going to invest in these companies that are applying uh, these ESG rules to to their investments." Right. So, for example, BlackRock. Yeah. Collectively, Republican states have divested more than a billion dollars from BlackRock. Now, that's small because they, they manage I know, a trillion. I know, I know a billion sounds like a lot. It but, sounds uh, like a lot, but they manage a trillion. <laughs> but, but the idea is it's moving in, in a good direction, which is 
saying, sorry, you, you cannot apply those kinds of rules. Your, your responsibility in managing a bunch of assets is to make money for the people who are investing the, the money. Right. And by, by uh, boycotting coal, natural gas, uh, you're, at, you're attacking everybody. You are driving up the cost of living yeah. for everybody, yes. for your woke agenda. Yeah, and if you decide that something you don't like, something it's immoral or whatever it is, right? That's, you have that's, to have a certain. Sorry, that's you're, not you're, the. You're 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 going to tell a private company what their uh, managing board has to look like. Yes. Yeah, and this this is the thing that that I never understand why liberals can't understand this. How would you like it if it wasn't BlackRock managing eight trillion in investments, but it was? The Mormon Church, managing, yeah. right? Yeah, and, right. and they said right. the Falwell no. group. Yeah, Jerry Falwell was managing <laughs> the H, and he was said, "Oh no, we can't allow you to invest in companies that uh, support abortion, support abortion, yeah. or contraception, or you know who knows what else." So, can you imagine the hair on fire? Exactly, but for some reason, liberals just aren't able to think that way. I don't, I don't get it. It's, yeah. it's a total mystery well, to me. Well, it's that it's. Well, it goes back to the, the Jonathan Haidt that, that conservatives look at liberals as just being wrong, yeah, and liberals look at conservatives as, as being evil as, as being evil, right? Yes. So it's okay, right? So it's okay if it's okay we, to fight evil, yeah. I mean, gosh, of course, yeah. We, what what could be more obvious <laughs> than that? You should fight evil, yes, yeah. But they don't. They don't have. I don't know why they don't have the self reflection. No. To say, how would look, you like how it? would you like it if yeah. the shoe was on the other foot? Yeah. You know? I mean, for heaven's sakes. All right. So there's the man of the week. Uh, all right. So uh, our man of the week is not a man, but it's a collection of Republican state treasurers. Yes. Who are amazing. Well, it's amazing job. that Republicans are actually doing something worthwhile. <laughs> good job, guys. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for listening to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill. If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend. We would like to say share it on social media, but we hate social media. Just tell a friend in real life. That would be lovely. Thank you very much.